The Money Podcast with your hosts, Justin Harrison and David Bester. Money, 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 money. Let's talk about money. Welcome back to another episode on The Money Podcast. Today we are talking about finance and applying for finance. So most people always jump right in and start applying for finance, but there are actually a few things you absolutely need to do before you apply. And this will save you a lot of money in the long run. So Justin, let's talk about people and applying for finance. The first thing they need to do, obviously, can we afford it? Because as we know, they always think based on emotions. You know, I see that nice house. I want to get my family in that house. Or I see that awesome Ford standing there. I want to get my family in that car, you know. They don't think about logic. They always think about emotion. And most of the times they can't afford it. And when the bad times comes, which always happens, then they are stuck with those repayments. So let's talk about affording it because we've spoken about it quite a few times. There's actually a difference, a short and a long term. So maybe you can discuss that. Yeah, so I mean, obviously one of the things that I um, always talk about, and it's actually just before we came on here, we were talking about this exact thing, saying that, you know, often people will go apply for finance and they want something now. And certainly from an affordability perspective, a lot of people actually can afford whatever they're looking for right now. But people don't look beyond their current circumstances. They don't look 12 months or 24 months ahead. And often the finance agreements that people are getting into extend 72 months or like, for example, in the case of a home, you can talk about 20 or 25 years of financing. And so it is really important to ensure that you are absolutely certain that you are going to be able to afford it in the future. That's the first thing. And then secondly, obviously building in some kind of method or some kind of situation to ensure that uh, if you do go through tough times you can still afford the thing that you've purchased on finance and so of course the the one logical way to do that is to ensure that you never overextend yourself you know if you think today you can afford x amount per month go and finance something a lot smaller or a lot less that is going to cost you half of what you can afford because that means you can actually set aside money every month and if tough times ever come around and let's be honest they will come around uh, it's not a question of if it's a question of when then uh, you know people won't get themselves into a world of trouble so i think it's all very well to look at affordability in the short term but it's really really important to look at affordability in the long term and then of course the other thing i want to talk about davi because it's something that I've always held a common belief. It's it's something that was deeply ingrained in me as a youngster, which is never have debt, right? And so rather pay for your things cash and, and own your things and you know, you don't owe anybody any money. And certainly for the most part, that is probably the most sound advice you're gonna you can give someone. But let's be honest about it. Finance is really good. There's some really creative stuff out there that you can do with money. It makes sense that if you can finance something for a very low interest rate and you can earn interest on your money somewhere else. There are instances where it really does make sense to finance. But I think that is, of of course, the other thing that leads into the affordability discussion. When you're looking at affordability, don't just look at what you can afford. Make sure that it is affordable to your current situation and that it makes sense. You know, often a lot of people financing actually don't have disposable income. And that is often why they land up financing. And that's probably the worst reason to finance. In fact, the best reason to finance is because you've actually got the money to pay for it. But it makes sense to employ that capital or that money elsewhere to do something good for you. Well, to add to that as well, while we're still on this on the subject, is to do your research. You know, many people don't realize this, but whatever you purchase or whatever kind of finance deal you take on, there's going to be extra costs involved. You know, I mean, let's take a few examples. A personal loan. Well, you've got credit life insurance that you now yeah. need to take as well, which you're also going to pay uh, pay for. Uh, vehicle finance. Your insurance premiums are probably going to go up if you buy a more expensive car. 
with a house, I'm sure you can give us a list of things that you yeah, I mean that, that list is that. never ending. And I th- and I think also there's a little charge that people don't think about. You know, the small little admin fee that's charged every month by the financial institution. Over 20 years on a home, it's a significant amount of money. And also, we we're talking the other day about loss of opportunity. So money you pay in there is a loss of opportunity somewhere else. So, you know, I think those are all of the things to take into consideration. Probably. The, the purchase you're going to make with the most uh, unexpected line items of expenses is without question a home. When you buy a home, you must understand that your purchase price is definitely not the price you're going to land up paying. In fact, if you're financing, I mean, you've got some really good stats on this going back, but you can budget on about one and a half times the purchase price of the property over the, li- over the lifetime. So, you know, that's the other thing to take into consideration. Yes, I mean, when you look at maintenance, you look at about 1% of the total value of the property every single year that you're going to be spending on maintenance. And yep. then if you buy into a state, you have got estate fees, you have got levies, all that stuff that comes along with it. So it's really important to, to do proper research before you actually apply for finance. So now that we've got the boring things out of the way, which is the research part, let's talk about a credit score because no one actually ever talks about this. They always tell you, no, just go and apply. But there's some really important things when it comes to a credit score. Many people don't realize this, but if you can increase your credit score and get a better interest rate, for instance, let's take an example of a house, right? If you finance a house, you buy a house for a million bucks and you take it over 30 years. If you get a better interest rate because of your credit score being better, then you can actually save a million bucks on the total value of your home over that 30 years. And many people don't don't actually understand this. And it's such an important thing, you know. It's not that difficult to increase your credit score. It's actually with a few different, with, with a few tweaks, you can actually get a better credit score. And in our previous episode, we actually discussed the technique on how to increase your, your credit score with about 40%, you know. So I would have said if I had a neutral credit score or a bad credit score, I would set aside at least six months, get the perfect credit score, and only then would I go and apply for finance? And many people don't actually realize this, but it's such an important thing. It it actually saves you so much money in the long run. Well, I'm actually the worst person in the world to apply for finance because when I do, I drive the institutions absolutely mad. So one of the things people don't know about applying for finance is every time you go and apply for finance, the company will run a credit check on you. And those credit checks actually affect your credit score. Now, I'm not gonna go into too much detail about a soft check and a hard check, but there are two different kinds of checks and one will ultimately affect your score and one actually doesn't. But for the most part, when you go and apply for finance, the check that they run on you is going to have an impact on your score. Because here's what it says to the system when you're applying for a lot of finance. If I'm looking, for example, for vehicle finance and I shop that vehicle finance out to, let's say, five different companies or five different banks or institutions, and they do five different credit checks, what it tells the system is this guy is desperate for debt, he's applying for loans all over the show, and essentially your score goes down, right? So I actually have this thing that I do and it drives the institutions absolutely mad. I obviously use our own platform, mycreditstatus.co.za. I get a credit report on myself every single month. Cost me, you know, 129 bucks a month. And not only that, it tells me exactly where any problems are before I can actually even think about the problem coming. I've actually been notified about it and I'm, I've got a chance to fix it. So I get my credit report, I draw it myself and I make sure I've got a current one all the time. And there's a little box when you apply for finance that says you consent to a credit check and I always decline. 
And the reason I decline is I'll, I go to the institution, I say to the institution, I have a current credit report. You can validate this credit report once I pass your checks and balances. I'm showing you that I'm credit worthy. If you're prepared to do a soft approval for me and give me a rate and you know basically give me a quote on the finance deal, then you can proceed to do the final checks and balances on pulling a full report for me. So what I do is sometimes when I go and get a, a you know finance quotes on something, I'm often getting ten or you know sometimes even eleven different quotes. But essentially, in in most cases, I'm actually only getting a credit report pulled once until I'm actually ready to apply. So that's a big tip that I've got for people. You know, go and get your own credit report. It's a soft uh, report, which means it's not going to affect your score. And then use that score and that report to go out and apply for finance. Yes, that's actually a really good tip. And by the way, if you guys don't know, that accounts for about 10% of your total credit score. So Justin just saved you about 10% on on your credit score right there. (laughs) So well done on that. So the point I wanted to lead into then next was obviously the deposit, right? So now let's say you've got your credit score. um, Your credit score is good enough now. And by the way, here's another tip before we head over there. Even if you've got an existing finance, you can still increase your credit score, go back and renegotiate your rates. I actually did this last year. And I went to the bank, I told them, listen, you've got an amazing credit score. Uh, yes, here's the proof. And I want a better rate because, you know, it's COVID and I can't put up my rent anymore, you know, on my investment property. So to fix my cash flows. And simply just by asking, I got a better interest rate from my bank. So this leads me, leads me to the next one, which is, of course, the deposit. So now you buy a house and now all of a the sudden they tell you, listen, yeah, um, well, you get approved for 90% of the total value. This means that you got to fork up 10% plus you've got um, transfer fees and all the other things that comes along with that. So many people don't actually account for that. And then that also leaves them in financial stress because now what they do is they go take out a personal loan in order to pay for that deposit. Now all of a sudden you are paying exuberant um, interest fees on that personal loan as well, which puts you into more stress. Yeah, look, I mean, I think that's the best piece of advice. Make sure you've actually got cash for a deposit. Not only is it a really good financial choice, Uh, But also it's going to, if you have to save up for that deposit, it's going to give you time to correct your credit score at the same time, get the absolute best credit score. And I think really the big thing that it comes down to, Davi, is practicing delayed gratification. You know, if you really want that thing right now, I know what it feels like. I've been there many times in the past myself. (laughs) All of us have. All of us have. And I think it's just important to put distance between yourself and the emotion of that decision and just say, you know what, this is what I want. Let me work towards it. In six months time, I'll have a big enough deposit. And you know what you'll often find? You actually don't want that thing in six months time. That's the interesting thing about the way we wired. So I think delayed gratification is really important. And that leads hand in hand to what you're saying about building up a deposit. Because ultimately the deposit ensures, you know, that you're obviously going to bring down your cost of finance, number one. It also is a form of security to the financial institution, which means you can very often negotiate a better rate. If you put more of a deposit down, that means they're exposing themselves to less risk with you. And this all around, it's a much better financial decision. No, I agree. So to sum this up, do your research, make sure that you can actually afford it short term and long term. Secondly, get your credit score up. Don't go and apply for finance before you know you've got a good credit score first. So there are actually quite a few things you can do. We put out an episode last week where we discussed um, fixing your credit score and how to improve your credit score by 40%. And like Justin just said as well, another 10% is just not applying for, for finance at too many institutions because that basically tells them that 
well, you are desperate for debt. And then finally, make sure you build up that deposit before you apply for finance. If you do all of these things, then you will definitely save a lot of money in the long run when it comes to finance. You've been listening to The Money Podcast. To get access to our future episodes, please subscribe to our podcast via your podcast app. And be sure to check out our YouTube channel, Global Money Academy.